Well, Brent is gay, and Caitlin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Hi, everybody. I'm Caitlin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm Adam. And today, we've got a special extra issue of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We watched it. We're going to review it. You're going to listen to it. And spoilers ahoy. So let's do a quick plot synopsis first. The movie pretty much picks up at the end of last year's Guardians holiday special on Disney+. The team is doing their best to set up a home in nowhere, even as Peter Quill is drinking himself into a stupor over the loss of Gamora. Of course, this being an MCU film and all, their relative peace quite literally blows up when a golden-skinned fuckboy named Adam Warlock crashes into nowhere, fucks shit up, and leaves without a goodbye kiss. On a more serious note, his attack leaves Rocket mortally wounded, which is both the plot and emotional catalyst for the next two hours and 29 minutes. The team sets off on a series of quests to help their friend, discovering that he was the experiment of the movie's big bad, the High Evolutionary. Stuff happens, shit blows up, people cry, Drax remains literal, and Cosmo is a good dog after all. We'll get more into the plot into our discussion, but first I want to know from y'all, where do you think this movie ranks with all the other appearances of the Guardians? That includes the first two movies, their appearances in Infinity War and Endgame, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and the holiday special last year. Well, holiday special is obviously number one. How dare but you? Thor Love and Thunder is number one. <laughs> this podcast canceled. This is number two for me. Number two? Yeah. You're a bit the, serious. The, yeah. Okay, this is, good. This is the second best film or appearance set that they have. I think, obviously, it innovated something so much with the first film. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think, their second best showing. What are you, Clark? My favorite was the Christmas special. Was it really? Is that a joke? No, I fucking loved it. Okay. I thought it was well done. I This is hmm. probably maybe second only to Infinity War. This is my favorite. You like them in Infinity War? Yeah. I enjoyed the the sort of like distribution that they had and, and the teamings, the kind of like random combos of people. Um, I do think having rewatched all of their appearances and like fast forwarding even just to like their sections this week, I do think that Guardians won while it was like really good for the time. It like doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't really hold up. Mm-hmm. So that's, and you know, even in the sec, they just keep growing their relationship, which is what I really enjoy. And I think it's because the team got bigger and it also like evolved and changed, you know, cast. So that's been really fun to me. I think this one's my favorite. Uh, having thought about it over the last couple of days since we watched it. Um, it's kind of to what Adam said, you know, the first one came in swinging and we all really enjoyed it, but it doesn't really hold up. The second one has some pacing problems. I like their other appearances, Thor, Love and Thunder, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the emotional arcs in this movie, uh, can only happen because they have been together for, you know, yeah, uh, a better part of 10 years. And so I think that's what really got to me and we'll get into why, uh, why I loved it so much as we get into our discussion. I, so, I, I like the, that, though. It's the Christmas one so much is because it didn't have a second act issue like this one uh, did. I couldn't stand the second act of this movie. Okay. Slower, yeah. Took forever. To okay. get. Well, that's a great Death segue to get into our discussion. So let's talk about the plot. There is a three-act structure in this, but it's there's also a flashback. Uh, it's Rocket's story that's interspersed throughout all three acts. But act one... As I said, Adam Warlock, you know, fucks shit up in nowhere, and the team sets off to find a MacGuffin to save Rocket. Um, what did you guys think of this? Did you have any favorite plot beats and maybe some least favorite plot beats about this? Um, it wasn't necessarily a plot beat, I guess, but the fight 
of Adam Warlock coming to nowhere was extremely well done, I thought. It was very exciting. Mm. Fucking uh, poor Mantis getting her arm broken was like a very visceral, like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. She Obviously, they have it. med packs from heaven that cure everything, but I was like, oh, I love... It was a shock of ultraviolence yeah, very I, early in the movie. What I really enjoyed in general about the movie is that it was obviously more lighthearted, it was thoughtful and playful, but the action sequences were a lot more aggressive than I was expecting mm-hmm. in a good way. We will get into it later, but there's one of the best action sequences, I think, in the entire MCU later. Oh, in Act oh, 3. Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. The uh, I think I was a little jarred by his presence and how he shows up and how quick it gets to action, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think this uh, entire movie was to subvert some of the, our expectations of what we thought it was supposed to be, so I think that was a great way to kick it off. Agreed. Well, what did you think it was going to be, and how did it subvert it? I thought a thousand people were going to die. I thought... Oh, it would, yeah. Like, just overall, the entire movie was not what I was expecting it to be. I was expecting it to be way more jokey. I think they've done... He was very intentional with the way he approached this. The humor very much, I think, was there for the plot and the characters yes. versus... Taking center t- stage again. I'm looking at you, Thor. Love, love yeah. and thunder. Yeah. Oh, the just... scene's ending. Let put. Let's put a button line in it. What could that be? Versus like, oh, this is how the characters would react in this situation. Exactly. Still exactly. the same humor, but grown up and actually a little bit more appropriate for the times. Yeah. I, Especially the MCU times that we're in. In addition to everything you, uh, y'all said, uh, I loved the uh, that weird uh, organic planet thing that they went to to go and get uh, the whatever I was going to oh, try. Oh, like Corp. See, I fucking hated that place. I I, I think it was it's just so goopy. It was weird. It was weird. Seventy <laughs> sci-fi to me. It, that kind of worked in the with the aesthetic of yeah. the Guardians. It's very his style, and you either love it or, or you're like. Why does it look like this? I was getting a lot of also like Rick and Morty. It was like basically a giant plumbus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very Rick and Morty. <laughs> um, I liked when they all had their different color coded outfits. Very, oh, yeah. yeah. Partially because it looked like. Did you see? Um, there's one season of um, of Doctor Who where like there's new Daleks that are yes. all like rainbow colored. Yes. And everybody hated them. <laughs> like the people online were like, this is lame as shit. But that was me. It. I hated oh, it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, <laughs> immediately looked at it because they did have like these like silver uh, dots on the back of them, I mm, believe. Yeah. That- we're very Dalek. Well, it's exterminate, but make it fashion. Yeah. Um. I I also like Nathan Fillion's like little cameo in it. It mm-hmm. felt very it stunt casty. Much longer of he, a cameo yeah. than I thought it was. Yeah. Gonna be. He was like a main cast member. That's, that that sequence time. generally felt more drawn out than I would have liked, but I know that they were mainly mining it, and overall it was fun. I was See, just sort I of liked like, that. that you was liked the, that. I, that was still the first act. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, 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 all this stuff is yeah, really good. It's yeah. very much it's quest, it's a quest for a MacGuffin, yes. but it was really really I thought well done. I don't like Chris Pratt much, but I did like how Star-Lord was like, you know, I can make this woman be interested yes. in me and fun. and like it turned out it was kind of true. Yeah. This was the like, shut up Gamora, you're wrong. You actually <laughs> can make somebody be interested in him. This was actually the best version. I feel like this was the best version of Star-Lord that we've had throughout guardians run, especially rewatching it. Cause he was such an exhausting, annoying womanizer when you really go back and watch it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's played up for last. And like, who gives a shit? It's not like he's like extremely toxic. You're just like, this is so generic and old, like well, this kind of comedy. I think the reason why is cause he's not the main character in this movie. Yeah, no, Truly. exactly. I the, felt the balance in this movie is really great. I think they give everyone a special moment. What are we going to say? Clark? Part of the second act, but not really talking about it yet. Um, I thought he was just an exhausting ex. I was like, shut the fuck up. You've had that was also pretty co- toxic. Had the same yeah. conversation like three times. Yeah. We wasted 10 minutes of my, the movie having this exact conversation over and over and over again. Why don't you remember me? Yeah. But 
what I like about Bane? that, the resolution was they didn't get back oh, together. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. Yes. That, that, if they had, I would have like See, ha- hated the movie. Changed my expectations of what yeah. I thought. I thought they were going to force how it are they on gonna make us. It happen? Like, how are they going to come back together? Yeah. I, I also really liked just that they had, obviously they time skipped everything and the fact that Gamora was part of the Ravagers and it wasn't even a sequence of like, oh, Gamora. Like there was still a lot of, I agree with you, Clark, that they did kind of round go around in circles a little bit on that conversation just so they could have the outcome of them not staying together which again was the outcome we wanted but in general i liked gamora's character and i like that she made they were like uh make her look a little bit like michelle yao's uh character from volume two because she had much stringier hair and i was like oh, is yeah. that like a position oh, yeah. that you take rough hair like when you get hired you get like I a like messy it. hair i know she's it like looks greasy. good yeah she's, just she's like i didn't get to go back to the ship to wash my hair yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> ravagers has my special shampoo and i can't yeah there you go all right, so let's move on to Act Two. This is where the Guardians head to Counter Earth and meet the High Evolutionary. Huh. Uh, favorite plot beats and least favorite plot beats. Maybe we'll start with you, Clark, because I know you did not care for Act none two. of them. That I didn't this care is for when is you the fell fact asleep. that they is ha- that right? I only, I only like <laughs> literally be like, you know, it would be like half a second. Your head will pop down yeah. and go back up, and you're like, oh gosh, I got confused for a minute. Yeah, it only happened three times, but it was during <laughs> the when they were driving and they're uh, watching all the. It, it was. It was just way too slow for me. The one main issue is they're like, they have to separate them. Yeah. But they separated in ways that were like moderately inorganic. And then they got mm-hmm. off the ship. But those people are still in the ship. And now we got to go back. But they're off the ship. And no, 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 no. I was like, just fucking shut up. And I didn't care about those fucking kids at all. A waste of time for me. I mean, it gave Drax a, I want to be a father storyline at the end. But just give it one kid, not 85. And then they have to like fucking speak a language to him and all this fucking boring shit. Jube, jube. Jube, jube. Jube, jube. Jube, jube. Ugh. Oh, see that it's funny because obviously we talk a lot on this podcast as an anti-kids podcast, I think. Yeah. And especially in our MCU. But this was like the one movie where I'm like the kid connected into the overall theme of family, which they have. Boy, they hit you over the head with it, but in a good way. It was just like, this is the only place where it made sense to actually have children show up and be like, cool. Got it. There were mistakes in the way that they were like, oh, yeah, we should probably protect these children because they are children. They're stuck in this terrible situation let's not give them superpowers and weaponize them i wish what do you remember the avenger the hickman avengers run where we had the same kind of thing but they were like the zebra kids yeah Yeah. exactly i wish there were that instead of just some bleached children that were just the designs were a bit awkward yeah give me something interesting to look at yeah but if they were zebra kids it would have been confusing with um Turtle Man. That's fine. Rabbit Man. That makes it rabbit. interesting. They're different animals. We could tell the difference, right? I can't. Okay, that's true. You do have, have that animal blindness. You have yeah. animal blindness. <laughs> I will say um, Counter Earth was not my favorite. Act 2 is definitely the weakest. But yes. I think what gave uh, its stakes for me, I liked like the kind of the suburban like mm-hmm. animal people, uh, especially when they go to the house of the... the she, I think she was a bat. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Was I think that she a was bat? a bat. Yeah. Um, and just their interaction and trying to talk to them, I think the humor worked. But also, you could tell that these people were like, okay, we're going to help them. But the dad is also like, fine, take the car. The acting was really well done, yeah. And, and then they blew them up. And then that's the thing that got me. And this is sometimes a trope I hate of like showing how villainous a villain can be mm-hmm. by killing off a bunch of nobodies. But I actually, in that moment, I cared about those people in that, in that one house. And just showing how monstrous... I mean, I think High Evolutionary will get into the character stuff, but High Evolutionary might be the most monstrous villain that the the MCU's ever had. Yeah. Did you think that 
um, Batwoman, Batman, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Bat Kid were a little too trusting. Robin. I felt I felt a little rushed in that they were trying to help them so much. They were like a weird 1950s family. I feel like if you went back in time, someone would help you like that. Well, I think that, that's sadly like, because you were white, but yeah, <laughs> the humor stru- was a little bit of a struggle bus too. Like with the Drax sitting on the couch, I was like. We're kind of over this. It as was a, exhausting like, comedy. Yeah. I liked it. You did? Okay. I thought it was cute. Well, it's but no, you know I, how to sit on a couch. A couch. I do lay down on them quite often. Uh, no gay person knows how to sit on a couch. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, gay culture. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I do. That's See, that's what's funny is because I, I found the third act to be the weakest. But I think I was just because like, I was very into the, all the characters. I enjoyed all the, the sort of back and forth dialogue. I think I agree that I think the plot... Uh, it felt very much like you know if it was like a six issue miniseries. We're like sitting around on it's decompressed exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, okay, like I do want to see what happens next. But then, particularly for MCU movies, like the minute we and this one did have it was a good third act overall, but it did have that sort of big super climactic ending where everything's happening at once. And then I'm like, okay, well we know how this is all really going to end up. So who gives a sh- like? I, it looks pretty, but I don't care. Whereas at least this was all just like conversation, character development, and I think mainly having. I mean, Rocket's story was obviously threaded throughout, but just having it be so interconnected, I just, I just loved Rocket's story. This, this movie, I thought it was so wonderfully well done. It's great. Um, that was my favorite Pixar movie I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> no, right, exactly. Yeah. I was like, this is basically like Toy Story Toys. three half the time. <laughs> so let's get into Act three, and then we'll get into the flashbacks. Uh, so Act three, boom goes the dynamite, as Adam said. You know, uh, it very much is sort of the boombastic. Um, you know, MCU finale, but I think, um, you know, execution is where, where, where it really happens. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was executed really well, but Ryan, you want to talk a little bit about like the best action scene uh, that you've ever seen in the MCU. Yes, absolutely. When, when the team finally gets formed, I think this is one that I will just watch over. I, I, uh, inspiring ones that come to mind are obviously in game when they all come together, uh, the it's airport battle. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those are really work. cool. Those are amazing. I think they rely so heavily on visual effects and just like cutting to so many different people. This one is just so iconic because it's, I know, I know it's probably not one shot, but it's a continuous sort yeah. of mo- a sequence, which is just so well done together. And you really get to see how they work as a team. Yeah. This is when the gates open, they see all these bad guys after the team's reformed and they go crazy. It was so murderous. It was so yes. much. Yes, and yes, and yes. I like and I like seeing the uh, that the guardians are harsher when they dr- uh, when they drown that poor tech guy. Oh, that's right. They drown the face. shit out of him. Yeah, and that then, was fucking dark. I, that yeah. was and I was like beca- because they're not like the typical heroes. So they're I, not. A, they're yeah. not the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. 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 really yeah. not. And these are ugly creatures. So it, let's kill them. So what that what I I think what I <laughs> liked about this a lot is it feels like uh, James Gunn learned a lot from like doing Peacemaker and I think a lot of that mature comedy and action came into this in a way that like felt still MCU but felt like a non like, you know, yeah. Avengers movie. My favorite part of the movie was one wow. moment in the first act I just realized remember when like that blonde woman they're like help us on that weird orgoga blah 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 planet thing yeah. where he's, he's like you you t- turn off and do something and have a conversation blah blah and then Gore just shoots her in the arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like the most that, chill way possible. So wild. Yeah. Well, well and that like it's funny because those little moments obviously like are slight subversions of like right there wasn't like an ongoing dialogue she just did it and then just like in the third act when they're like saving all the animals 
when the monkey jumps up. Like I was getting tired oh, of the saccharine sweet that's stuff. Iconic. And the monkey jumping and the woman going, Oh, and then the monkey jumping into her arms and slashing her face. I was like, Okay, good. At least this There's movie still knows animals to yeah. give you that little <laughs> kick of like, okay, this isn't so like wholesome. Yeah, that was good. Um they I, I think they got the tone right. It was very dark, this whole film. So it was nice to see the the comedy not necessarily in the dialogue as much but in these moments of levity maybe some crazy voices oh yeah what is sprinkled that? in as well bebop and rocksteady bebop and rocksteady were in this <laughs> this is a mutant ninja turtles uh, i definitely movie. got that it's vibe all, too well they literally turned a a small turtle into a mutant and teenager. teenager. Yeah. What is the pig? I forget the pig it's character's just war name. Pig. War, war pig. War pig. So war pig um, is played by Judy Greer. Is pay- played by Judy Greer. Amazing. God bless her. She's she's phenomenal. I got him. What? I got him. I got him. Back to the ship. So I I know we needed that final moment where um Adam Warlock rescues Star Lord. Yeah. But. He Too did, predictable. Warlock did not make sense from the moment his mother gets blown up and he's like slaughters war pig. It didn't make sense that suddenly he still hates the guardians. Yeah. Like at that point he re- realizes that war pig caused like tried to kill everybody. But and he then, got saved. That's the reason why he went and saved Quill. He got saved by um, saved. by one of the and guardians. Groot. And I believe no, 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 I no, no, believe no, 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 no. What I'm saying is why that did he keep going. Why there? remember the part where he sh- flies through and just smashes the guardians ship up. And that's why they end up inside of the pyramid again. Yeah. And then they get yeah. into the fight. That didn't make sense. Because he realized the high evolutionary killed his mother and got Warpig to try to kill these other things. It, I, I it literally, could, it was. I think you could justify just he was just acting out as sort of a child against his the wrong just died. people. But literally, but he knows that fact. He's got a mind of a child still, so I think you can argue that's maybe and why. I think, was, <laughs> I think it was pure rage. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not, addicted he's to rage. A child, though, at that point, he's like this was after all the Thanos stuff. This is this is years later. But he's a child in a grown person's body. They kind of alluded to that. Am I? Yeah, that he, he has very seeing. childlike. I think. I think. In, I do agree with you, Clark. I do yeah. think that there was probably uh, when his mother died, there should have been. There was just a missing conversation. Yeah, there needed I to be think. a beat. There that needed to be a just beat like a connection. He said, "Like, oh, you? Why did you save me to Groot or whatever?" And I was like, "Okay, that's enough." But it, I agree that his character arc kind of went like, "Ooh," and he just like randomly hobbles out, and I'm like, "Well, this just." pretty lame moment too in the middle of his the play. thing i it hated just, about was bizarre this at the end with him is like the minute chris pratt's face got fat i was like they're not gonna let him die like that and no then, i knew I, was, <laughs> I mean i knew we, we kind of all knew he was coming back anyway his contract but i'm like at least give me some level of like real mystery because yeah. like they, it was sort of just like the minute he like exploded and he had like big ice cheeks i was like all right this is now what are we waiting for just <laughs> i wanted his head to explode i wish his head just stayed like that for like the rest of the movie well because it would have been cool if like if adam more like like reconstitute like something else where it wasn't just i just flew him to shore like they couldn't figure out but the thing that really pissed me off about that entire last sequence in most of the movie is Starlord not having any fucking rocket boots is very aggravating to me like there was no justification for it it wasn't like oh i threw mine out yeah Yeah. exactly and i was just like what the fuck like he's also half god oh yeah that's Uh, right where's his little energy ball yeah all right, let's talk about the uh, flashback, which I think was my favorite part of all of this. Uh, yeah. Very emotional story. It's really well done. It's Rocket's backstory. We finally get it. Um, you get to see how he went through those monstrous experiments and became the Rocket that we know and love. Uh, and he had some like really adorable friends that really... Like rock- me, Tiefs. <laughs> 
Are you a Tiefs, a Floor, a Lila, or a Rocket? I'm all Floor. I do not want to be a Floor, I'll tell you that. You are, baby. Oh. Floor, Tiefs. What did she come saying? She was like, Floor, Tiefs, Rocket, now. Oh. <laughs> I'll be I'll be Blackjack O'Hare, who's not in the movie. Yeah. yeah, well, thank goodness. You're definitely Tiefs. They would have been slaughtered. I'm Tiefs. I'm Michael Klein. Oh, my gosh. Uh, how did you guys think it worked uh, as a flashback? Um, no, no notes at all. Absolutely not. I, his story was so well it's done. The only thing is I maybe just pacing-wise, because of this backstory, we spent so much time of not having Rocket in the current day, yeah. which, which I, that's the only... I would have loved to see him interact with the team a little bit more. <laughs> that's my only real complaint. He was in the coma for so long. It would have been at least... like you know, It's obviously a trope, but it could have been nice to have him like semi wake up at some point like there it's weird that he basically had his like opening singing stuff got attacked and then mm-hmm. didn't speak in the present time until, until the he final was battle, brought up yeah. yeah my yeah. main main issue with it is that he didn't get a, a moment with Groot in the entire yeah. movie yes yeah. i would love to know how they got close like that's part oh, of his backstory that's too. A good point. They're very yeah. close in the first film, and you that's, don't really know why. You don't know why. That's exactly. why I would have appreciated but, if Rocket woke up and was able to talk to Groot for like two seconds, like yeah, just exactly. something where they had that. Yeah. But if the Guardians you. continue on, both of them are still on the team, so we could get the Groot side of that backstory. At Honey, some no, it's only the legendary Star Lord. That's what's going I don't want that. Give me. Guardians. We will get that <laughs> to that. My favorite part of his backstory was when it was. It wasn't even backstories when he goes back to the ship and sees all those baby raccoons in the yeah. crate. And we go back and we, based on the first scene was him as the baby raccoon. It was very sweet. The it only was... one looking at the fucked upness and the other ones are like backing away. Yeah. Um, I leaned over to Andrew while when he was like baby rocket and then talking about the high revolutionary and I was just like, oh my God. That's I so wish... us. Well, I was like, I wish we could teach. And No, I was like, I wish we could teach Tango to like talk like a baby human being. Because it was just like so is fun. Tango you, is Adam and Andrew's dog, by the way. The whole time, I well, want food. I want oh, food. yeah. I guess you have, he'd have to be as smart as Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> food, food, out, out. I'd like to go out, Dad. What Dad, if, what if you, we realize that Tango, this is Adam's and Andrew's dog, by the way, is actually homophobic because he just barks whenever he sees men <laughs> hugging. He's like, "Get out of here, well, it's, it's like there those... is a talking dog, and you're like, I want him to be like Rocket. <laughs> it is like the well, yeah. We really should just teach him those buttons, but then it'll be like that dog on Instagram that yeah, goes. Bitch, 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 outside, no, bitch. bitch. Oh, I hate that dog. No, no, it's the dachshund that's like homophobic, the F slur dog. <laughs> <laughs> Ragged? All right, so let's get into the characters. Uh, we started talking about Rocket. Yes, he's in a coma for most of the movie, but we get his backstory. Um, he is ostensibly the main character he to me. Maybe and he it's beco- his movie. It's his movie, and he becomes the leader of the Guardians at the very end. Anything that we haven't said yet about his character journey that y'all want to talk about? Um, I think it was, I think what I was impressed by is back in what episode, episode one, volume one. Um, I remember like for years, it was sort of like you got the little taste of it and I was always like, well, why the fuck would you need Rocket's backstory? Like you get it. Like he was experimented on whatever. And I'm just like, kudos to them doing this so well. One throwaway line that I was like, "Mm, stakes for stakes purposes was like, that's even worse than what Thanos did to me. Yes. Yes. And I was like, a little out of hand. I was like. We get it. All right. Okay. It. Yeah. We're not. This is not trauma. I, like I yeah. was already traumatized. I already cried from yeah. it. You don't need to do more. Yeah. yeah it was like a trauma dick measuring contest, basically. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I liked the fact, and we'll get into themes a little bit later on, but how he he realizes he is a raccoon, yes. and it, like, and he says, "It's mm. I'm rocket <laughs> raccoon." That moment felt very earned to me. I yeah. loved. So good. I loved it, and I will be going by 
Ryan Human from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Raccoon. <laughs> Ryan Raccoon works, actually. I do love it's trash. Cute. Okay. All right, let's move on to Peter Quill, Star-Lord, uh, played, as we know, by Chris Pratt. Uh, he spends most of the movie pining over the fact that this Gamora doesn't love him. They they did make him wildly one note. I know that he was playing mm-hmm. back, which was great, and why the movie was better. But it is funny that there has never been any follow-up or digestion of what he experienced during the course of like the other movies. I mean, like his dad, he was like, whatever. I mean, it's like you don't really need all that stuff, and at a TV show, you deal with it. But it is funny that there are so many like other plot beats that just got left behind for the character versus like, I just want Gamora to love me. Sobriety in the MCU is very um, fast. It's very fast. Like <laughs> that's uh, right. Iron Man did it like in one sequence and then so did Peter Quill. He's like, that's I'm fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think my main issue with the movie and their, their relationship is that I didn't think they were in a good enough relationship for the first two movies. Oh, yes. Like it just seemed like the most G-rated romance yes. ever. Like here's some fireworks and we may kiss for half a second, but we have no sexual or romantic connection besides that. You would have Agreed. had to assume the time gap between volume two and Infinity War. Like there was a bunch That's of stuff all we the didn't see. Ones. Yeah, no, it's But true, we never though. saw it. No, though. I know. Yeah. It is. I, agree. I just didn't feel it at all. I agree though that it's hard to, it's like you have to just... I feel like people are going to fill in the blank so much more over time because you're right. Based on what you see on screen, there's very little that should show you they're really that close. Well, considering the how sexless the MCU is, do you all have a favorite like romantic relationship in the MCU? One that you think actually works really well? I thought Wanda and Vision was great. I think they're like yeah, I can get into that. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty good. The emotional connection the is best, there, honestly. What? Maybe Hawkeye and his um, wife. 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 we would never see. Yeah. I think they just have raw sex uh, yeah. off camera. <laughs> Linda Carnalini. I think Peter Parker and MJ actually. Oh, wor- that's. The I think yeah, they yeah. work too. They have good, yeah, chemistry. We see. Well, and Peggy, Peggy, and uh, Cap. Yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah. their energy. They were so good in the first movie. Like, like the carries. Both, I, and then also um, Black Widow and Hulk. That was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I think Captain America and everyone is in Captain a America and Bucky, Captain America and Falcon. Mm-hmm. All right, Falcon who's in and, Captain America's butt? Who's in his hands? Who's in his? Mouth? It's America's ass. Say it right. Uh, <laughs> my, oh, go ahead. My not favorite. Is um the not favorite doesn't like seem like that. the interesting thing is they did not make the relationship between he Rocket and Lila romantic as in the comics. It's just like a mother figure because he she meets him when he's a fucking six Sh- month old. Yeah, child. They definitely thought people would be like animal sex is too much for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they never they're in two separate cages, so they got I mean, holes guess, in those cages. Honey. Ooh, the yeah. symbolism, but you're mm. doing it in front of some old <laughs> walrus and some fucking spider. I, all right, which rabbit. position is Teefs? Which position Florin? Teefs is using those Teefs. You know <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, floors aside, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm floor glad. Side, floor side, <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't a romantic relationship. All right, let's move on. Drax, played by Dave Batista. He's daddy AF, and I mean that literally. This is yeah. a cute ending for him. Like, well, they needed to give him purpose, and I think this will do, pig. Yeah. Like, You've been the destroyer, but now you could be a dad. That's a <laughs> That's a really nebula. good nebula. <laughs> God, that's a good nebula. Can you just cosplay as nebula? Oh, my just God, paint yourself that's blue. so good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, mm. Moving on to Mantis, uh, I felt she really kind of came into her own more so in this film. She certainly started to in the holiday special, but I liked her a lot. It's been a good, a very good run for her because I think when she was introduced in Volume Two, it was like, uh, you know, this mm-hmm. character will get boring. What are they going to do? Yes. And they kept elevating, uh, and the actress did really well too. Palm, like they kept elevating her into a leading lady of sorts, and I thought it really worked out well as like 
Peter's sister. Yeah, I, I, she's my favorite character in this. But um, I they made her scream too a much. Lot. Like the joke of her going from like cutesy wootsy to like just screaming angrily. They did it like three times. The one time would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. It would yeah. have been funny, interesting. This time I was like, oh, we got it already, Mantis. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then everyone screamed way too much in this movie. Yeah. I did love that like at the very end she had, uh, she befriended those like crazy like teeth monsters, whatever yes, they were called. that was very cool. Yeah. I love that she just like fucked off with them at the very end. She's like, I'm going to find out what I want to do. It was such do. a and great callback to one of their earlier the, fights the, and, yeah. and second in movie two, right? yeah. yeah they literally fought them and now they're like at the beginning at oh that's yeah. right. but that's what was so funny when she was just like they don't want f- we're not food we want they eat batteries i'm like oh yeah that's right like what a like ridiculous like which reference. is also what i say when people are addicted to that smoking those like vape vape pens. Things. They, they eat batteries um <laughs> i i think her journey was very interesting i think she found something along the way and i like that she just went off and didn't just stay in the same city yeah. as everyone else yeah for sure. Good for her. Uh, Nebula, as played by Karen Gillan. Not, Not Karen Gillan. Not enough of her. I agreed. We could have done a little bit more. I like that she was basically the the leader of the yeah. crew. Yeah. Even more than Quill half the time. They all went to her when they needed something. Her so- journey has, like, just like Mantis, Nebula and Mantis, I think, are my two favorite takeaways. Just Agreed. as a as a series, like it's incredible to see where Nebula has gets to grow to, and the story. Like everyone does have really nice storylines, but it's really impressive that two of the later introduced characters are at least focused on characters. They have bigger arcs than like Drax or Star Lord or what have you. So I love the transition that they were able to get to. This yeah. movie for me, in regards to her, was it was more about the, the other people's relationship with her than her herself. I can see that. Yeah, And I wanted moments for her. I mean, my favorite moment of hers was when she finds out that Rocket's okay and she does like the bend over. Yeah, she upset. breaks down. The fact that they were only two ones that did She's not such die a during yeah. snap. Yeah. That's right, because they, they developed that relationship. They just in hung out for five years. Of yeah. all the people I want really her to, I feel like, A, she's multifaceted as like an action character, like her arms and all that fucking shit she does. Like she carried the team basically for so most cool. of this movie. Yeah. And then just like Karen Gillan as an actress is great. The character yeah. is very multifaceted and super interesting. So I hope she comes back in space, space plots in some capacity. Yeah. She and her and Mantis. Yeah. No. Her, I mean, yeah, like she's like the leader of nowhere and Mantis is off, you know, gallivanting yeah. across the galaxy. And just them taking over nowhere is such a fun like ending given how much interaction they had with that over the, the series. Yeah. I love she's the mayor, governor, whatever. Governor. Yeah. Governor. Uh, Gamora, Zoe Zaldana. Um, I liked her the most in this movie than I have ever had because I like this like alternate version of her that didn't have experience with the Guardians and like what her trajectory is. She's and not she, just wife or mo- not wife, but girlfriend or mother sister. either, yeah. like she was in the first two. Yeah, and I mean daughter. Excuse me, not love mother. the or throwaway sister, comment yeah. of that. She, they're like, why are you like this? And she, um. And Nebula's like, she was always like this. Like, <laughs> she's always been a terrible person. Yeah, that's Nebula like has some of the best button lines for sure. And, too. you know, I I like that she wasn't featured that much. I don't ever say that about a character, but she's not really a guardian. Anymore. Yeah. She has her own family. Like, yeah, this is not her story. And her returning back to the Ravagers, like, that was the, it was a perfect small amount of, like, we don't know this character. We don't need to redevelop yeah. a Gamora. Like, it's great just to have her have a little baby ending. Like, I love to nice. see that weird uh, salmon portal guy just be like, give her a big old hug. Oh, yeah. yeah that I was, love that we guy. We didn't really yeah. talk too much about the, the Ravager experience, but that, like, them at getting on the ship was just such a cool fucking, like, entry, especially him using, uh, like, Portals. sorcerer magic. Yeah, yeah it was so it cool. Was really, and also, like, that floating head. I love yeah. that character very much. 
Uh, Groot. We get him saying a line beyond I am Groot at the very end. Oh, I love you. I can't do a Vin Diesel. <laughs> that was like thinking the line, though. Because he wasn't actually speaking English. Well, that was us understanding. Was it translated for us? We were family. Wasn't the story like uh, Gomorrah didn't understand him the entire time. They finally connected at the end so that she understood. She understood so, that's, that, so we also connected was, with Groot. That was for us. <laughs> Guys, that was for uh-huh. us. Wait, are we the Gamora of this movie? <laughs> I am Groot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the I fact understand that, that we don't love Star-Lord, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Let's move away from the Guardians characters. Uh, let's talk about the big bad, the yes. high evolutionary. Um, how do y'all think he ranks in like the pantheon of MCU villains? I he's very high up there because he employed the actor who played Mateo as his right hand man from Superstore. <laughs> yes, that's right. I kept I just Poor kept guy. every time that guy was on screen, <laughs> I just kept leaning over to Andrew, and be like, "It's him. He's in." I'm like so proud of him. I'm so happy for that it's guy. It's Mateo, and he was also in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah. and yeah. they definitely treated the character right, <laughs> like drowning him in a small <laughs> puddle and then his ripping head. his head off. Yeah. Um, no, High Evolutionary was a very. Uh, I like that he was like obviously a broken villain. He was like fucking walking around screaming at animals and are frustrated that they were smarter than him like just what a shitty fucking scientist like what a dickhole but like very engaging to watch and uh what is it chuck woody Uji did a great job i think of the character very different than the comics version. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I he's assumed he'd he's be almost Kylo Ren-esque where he just sort of throws like tantrums yeah. all the time. Um I I really enjoyed it. it. There was a harshness to it and uh even when he was kind of was not doing his job well, I felt scared of him. Yeah, which I think was a good yeah help the darker tone of the film. What'd you think? I, I wish Sorry. we had more of him, mm-hmm. and okay. I wish we had more of him as not just like I not maybe like a physical threat in a way, but not in like he's a he's a boxer and thing, but like mm-hmm. just give him some fucking guns and try to almost murder people. Like I just felt like whenever he was on screen, he was al- al- almost going to always lose the battle from the get go. Mm, so yeah. a little bit more power. Yeah, I mean, he okay. was awesome. The character that, was fantastic. Yeah. He, the acting was fantastic. I just, I just wanted him to be like a biz- bigger he, threat in yes. the room in which he was in. He was never a step ahead of anybody or anything. No, I mean, it he seemed just like blew he was some constantly up, like which was horrible. sending his what like stasis shockwave. I mean, yeah, he committed a planetal- I, planetary genocide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the li- I enjoyed the line of, um, but why are you doing this? And he's like, there is no god. <laughs> yeah, I have to yeah. do it. I'm like, that's a little presumptuous. Yeah, but yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, I mean, wild. We, we know some space gods already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're in the last couple of films. Actually, yeah. one's on Earth. Like you know, what a silly goose he was. I love his uh, face skin. Oh. Love. Oh my god, was, I love his under. Yeah, oh, creepy body horror. Fruit roll up. Right I laughed away. so yeah. hard when they he made the Skeletor. <laughs> oh what is it? Peter Quill made the Skeletor reference early in the movie when they peeled it back, and I was like, oh, they like definitely got his like perfect like fucked up skull face. How did he end up at the very end? We sort of know everyone. Is he just? Still laying there, no face. Like what? Did the ship explode? No, I thought he exploded, did, but did you he know, get... any old character could just teleport him out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They didn't, we that didn't we haven't see been introduced die. yet. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. Good. Don't like the MCU. Has a problem he'll, he'll, he's, he's a great villain to bring he back. He would be a good one to like for a master, uh, masters of evil. Uh, but like <laughs> <laughs> a space masters of evil. Exactly. But like a good team up with other villains. Yeah. I can see him being a good part of. That. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter. He's a fuckboy with a skin slash heart of gold. We don't know if he's had sex. I don't yet. know why he's a fuckboy. 
He's just is. He just looks is it like because one. when his shirt ripped off? Maybe we he's all like a future fuckboy. Because boy. every fuckboy fuck just calls moment. everybody mother, and that's exactly what he did the yes, whole month. Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the woman who she's is mother. actually she's his mother. mother. She's mother. Yeah, he's uh, he's quasi racist, but uses a lot of like black queer terms. <laughs> so that's what who Adam Warlock is. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, he's very different than the comics, uh, but I enjoyed him. Yeah, more you than love Adam Warlock. So what was your take on it, Kalen? I was like, I just had to finally just separate out who adam warlock ends up being in the Mm. comics because rereading like adam warlock's history like his first appearance is nowhere what like he ends up being so i'm okay with an evolution uh pardon the pun of that character as they move on so and now he's part of the guardians so we'll see what happens it i do really like that and it's almost i'm almost glad he was kind of more of a a taste or an appetizer type thing during this movie because it gives them more runway to actually use that character and do something else with him versus having to keep building on the story like the only things we know is that he's young he's a bit aloof he's obviously like hot <laughs> uh but that's it. No, then <laughs> my no, per- but, favorite person. But just trait. that his mom, like he, like where he's gonna go from the like they have so many opportunities to take this character wherever they want yeah. now if they choose to bring him back. They better. Yeah, they will. Yeah, he can I show hope. up anything cosmic now. Yeah, hey Ryan, great. what was that funny joke you said about his name at the movie theater? Um, I did a joke in your voice <laughs> and I said, "Adam Warlock, give me that Adam Warcock." <laughs> See, this is the humor that you. Well, yeah, well, I don't that, know. That, I guess you Ryan, had to, that's you, not funny. <laughs> I guess you had to be there. Yeah, I'm I, sorry for it. I guess you had to be there, and I was there, and I didn't find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Craglin, as played by Sean Gunn, who's James Gunn's brother. Yes. I believe? Yeah. <sighs> uh, um, we're gonna go on a mission. You guys stay home. <laughs> I'm going to use my little arrow, and now I'm going to learn how to use my arrow and kill all these monsters. But there's only five of them here, but then when they first went through nowhere, there was like 3,000. There were so many, yeah. Like, why was it, like, I felt like the scale got really small. Oh, it shrunk like crazy, because you can't shoot 3,000 monsters with a little arrow. Craglin, I don't care I didn't need it. I didn't need him in the first one, didn't need him in the second one, didn't need him in the third one. He should just go with the Ravagers. I feel bad. It was very, it did feel very, like, Nepo fan, like I don't, I'm sure overall, like his brother's like not a is a decent actor or whatever, but it's like it's very um, who the what's uh, multiverse of madness? Who's the director? Sam Raimi, Ra- Sam Raimi's brother, like showing up everywhere. I'm like he's a uh, decent actor, but I'm like just stop featuring him. Uh, yeah. well, We're making a main like having cameos, great, but having mm-hmm. Gunny, actual character. Gunny was very self indulgent with his brother, but also his wife, who played a large role in this film as well as who one of she? those one of those like uh, the attendant, uh, not the uh, red pink lady, but like one of the other attendants. The one that oh, got and shot. And yeah, I believe. So. Oh, I ho- well then. I'm good. <laughs> well, good hire. Then she did great. Shot his wife in the she arm. She did excellent. Yeah, I was like, you worked that out at home. You can't be here. Couple therapy for <laughs> sure. All right, and then Cosmo. Mm. Uh, Let me start. Obviously, go for the it. Cognitive dis- dissonance here doesn't exist. The best thing about that character is it's cute, cute, cute dog with the deepest horrible Russian voice ever. So you don't that. That's the humor behind it. Not this cute lady's voice with a cute, cute dog. It's just like obvious. If she had like the deepest, awesomest Russian female accent, I'd be hundred percent behind it because it's like gross, wonderful. But it yeah. wasn't. It's yeah. just a sweet, sweet, sweet accent. You're a bad dog, but you're you're the cutest little thing ever already. Nah, I didn't believe that shit. We could have been fleshed out a little bit more. We didn't really know. I thought she only crushed one person too. Yeah, I I thought we got just enough of Cosmo because I could see very easily 
the cutesiness yeah. getting oh going yeah, overboard. Yeah, we just we got just enough of that Cosmo. Yeah. 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 So I think I I liked it, but uh, I see your point too, Clark. So. I just loved the character of Cosmo in the comics so much that this didn't even mildly live up to my expectations. Well, I think the probably the bigger problem for Cosmo was what we were just talking about with Kraglin, where like they were so ancillary to the story that like most of the it was all like a C plot essentially to make sure that they had some right. level of movement so that when the final battle happened they you, would do something. You like, didn't love the card game that they were playing. Oh my gosh. Whatever. It just felt it's super Howard. it just felt detached. Yeah, like if I had to really hit on it, it would just felt detached. I enjoyed it, the sequences, but it was just like these are unnecessary. It's a Marvel nod, you know, poke. Yeah, you, you got like Marvel Howard numbers. the Duck in there. Yes. So. All right, let's go into some themes then. Uh one of the biggest ones is you can't run from your past. Watch me. <laughs> My takeaway is that if you haven't seen your grandfather since you were like 10 years old and he's 90 now, he's going to be hot as shit in my 65-year-old. Yeah. It, it, was, it was bizarre. He's like, oh, you, your, like... Fa- your grandfather's going to be 90 when you go back. And the man looked 60-something. Yeah. Clark turned to me and he's like, that's the hottest 90-year-old I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I guess you're right. Yeah. True. I mean, yeah. that couple in general, when his wife went Oh, his wife door, was, was gorgeous. Like, Damn. Damn, I know. Yeah, and like he has like a 45-year-old stepson. This 90-year-old has a 45-year-old stepson. I did. I definitely like uh, started tearing up a little bit when they had that emotional. Even I don't love oh, Star yeah. Lord, but like when like he just sees his... His grandson really after nice. so nice long ending. um would you recognize your grandson after after 75 years maybe because he looks like his mom i had pretty really 75 i presumed but, he know. had called ahead just to be like hey are you star lord phone? senior but yeah <laughs> his wife was very confused when he showed up though <laughs> what <laughs> But yeah. then when he was What's like, boy doing my, yeah. when he was like can i is this person here um <laughs> Yeah, we'll call that out. Caitlin, that was weird. Yeah, that was not a good idea. Sorry, we'll but uh, but we're in the danger zone now. Uh, no, but the I did just find it where that she's like, yeah, come on in. Like <laughs> she's like, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get on in here. Yeah. Well, and also, is he famous on Earth? Like from being an Avenger, the grandfather? No. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah, he invented Apple in this reality. Uh, I don't. Know. He would not be a. They would not. The Guardians wouldn't have been noted. No, connected I don't to think any so. No. Maybe the raccoon be like, oh, That's there's right. a well, talking okay. raccoon with a gun. But you, okay, you love the holiday special very much. Like, were they like? That were like they didn't Drax know those and two were. Mantis. They, were, yeah, they were yeah, not they recognized were unrecognizable at all. To okay. People. All right. Um. Weird well, because they'd been blown <laughs> up at the time. They didn't exist until the last couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, the other theme was obviously the importance of found family, which uh, is very queer-coded, in my opinion. It's like you get to choose your family, you know? So um, I thought that was really nice, and I think it uh, hit home with something you said, Adam, at the very, you know, when Gamora, like, has that... She recognizes it in the Guardians, but that's not her found family yeah. anymore. It's the Ravagers. I thought that was like really just a really nice touch. It's all very mature. Yeah. yeah. One other thing I think was running through you you can't uh, uh, love someone for what you want their expectations to be. Yeah. You have to love them for who they actually are. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think another big theme um, is specifically when the High Evolutionary, uh, as you said, Ryan, he says, "There is no God. I am God." There's a very like anti-eugenics theme throughout the movie, uh, and you see it just like how villainous and monstrous he is by like experimenting on these animals to find the perfect specimen. Right. And then uh, I think one of the most evil moments uh, beyond him blowing up a planet is when he tells Rocket, "It's like you're not going there. Yeah, look at you. You're this like yeah. You you may understand how to like fix whatever." 
but like you're an imperfect creature. You're you're you gonna you belong in your cage. Up. But it's a great. Know. I know it's you're. So it weird. is a great yeah. commentary <laughs> on bigotry overall, in the sense that like you think because of how someone looks or who they are, that's what qualifies them for something versus what they do or how they do it. Yeah, so, no, it's a, it was a very progressive movie in a lot of ways, which I I really really enjoyed. Any other themes that you? Well, think? I was just gonna say, um, the fact that he did make the perfect specimen in Adam Warlock, though. Like, is, is a true. little pro-eugenics. Oh, you made the perfect guy who can't actually be killed and will save a man who just almost turned into an icicle in space. Yeah, but he's got, like, real mommy issues. And well, so. because, as you said, he's just a child. Yeah. Also, I think you're not going to... Uh, you'll end up not where you think you're going to end up, but where you're supposed to end up, as I think is a big thing. What? Because I think, no, all, I, yeah, I I think all the Guardians... I didn't picture any of the Guardians actually ending the film the mm-hmm. way that they did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone's journey was a little bit different than what I, I was expecting. What what I what I really liked about it is that compared to most other wrap ups, like even Endgame or otherwise, like I think a lot of those things felt very like they were still very good, but really well done, but like very movie oriented, and also yeah. half the time didn't even make any sense. Like nobody knows heroic deaths, like and so, nobody, yeah. yeah, it's heroic deaths. Nobody knows how Captain America, what Captain America really did in terms still of yeah. getting the stones back, timeline, doing all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas this was like. Very easy, very legitimate. Of like, okay, I guess we're done. I guess the band's breaking up. Oh, you're all gonna go do fun. Th- like everyone just had like thoughtful, realistic next steps, which I really appreciated and found uh, super interesting. Yeah. Well, just like in the first two movies, uh, music is really important in this film. But uh, unlike the first uh, and second volumes, we have more of like '90s and aughts music versus like '70s and '80s music. Um, very on the nose with. Uh, the opening song and the closing song. The opening song is Radiohead's Creep uh, with Rocket singing along in a really funny way. <laughs> and then the uh, it movie ends with Florence and the Machine's Dog Days Are Over in a really fun, like, Ewok village, like, dancing Very sequence. Star Wars ending, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Teddy Bear Picnic. <laughs> did you guys have, like, a favorite song in the movie? Uh I mean, I enjoyed happiness. Wait, I don't yeah. want to. We can only sing so much. <laughs> I do. Uh, we don't have the copyright. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. funny. That I think that was the standout for me, and it, it it's amazing. I mean, it's just a testament to how great that song is. That it should be so. Yeah. We should be so over it by now. But it really does just. It's joy. Instantly it bring is, you joy. Yeah. It's pure joy. And just the they did a really. It didn't feel. It felt earned. It didn't feel cheap. It didn't feel like. A saccharine family friend like it just felt wholesome and really good and i thought yeah. they did a great job with that that entire sequence yeah uh there's one song that um i can never remember the name of but it's like when they're like going down into the uh, little fleshy planet yeah it was in the trailers and it is such a great song and since I you've been gone no. Uh, no, 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 no. I was trying to think because that was my answer too yeah it's it, it's i cannot remember the name of that song and it's gonna drive me crazy until oh, we look at like the the playlist, uh, the playlist which I'm sure exists on Spotify. Oh yeah, so. I'm sure it's great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, really, I'm glad that we saw like the evolution of music. So it wasn't just like a the you know like what he got as a cassette. Yeah, and when he got like the you know I guess he got the iPod Z- he got or a Zoom, the Zoom, yeah, Zoom with in. music from the '90s and the 2000s. It was always like still behind, but I love that they like kept aging it up over time. Yeah, he got it in the holiday special, or he got it in two. I can't. No, he got it in two. Okay, they were all very early '90s songs too there were yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well that's when the zunes were that was the, well done. yeah that was the joke <laughs> it was like they were like we just got the most recent music and it was still like tw- 10 to 20 years old yeah 
Which I, I think it was Space Hog in the meantime. That's it. Space mm. Hog. Yeah. God. Yeah, that song is so good. It also is just... a great character in this film as well, Space Hog. <laughs> 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 as voiced by Judy Greer. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about what's next. Where would you guys like to see these characters end up? Well, Star-Lord in a box. This <laughs> is... Six feet under. That's the name of the next movie. Uh-huh. So we get the teaser at the very end saying he will return. The legendary Star Lord exactly. will return. Fuck off. Recast. Oh, I see. Have his someone legs else be every the sing- legendary Every Star-Lord. single gay in the entire movie theater was like, God damn it. There was an No uproar. one in the theater was one of him. Yeah. I love that there was like the bizarro version of us in the row. Oh, yeah. It was a very us. empty totally. theater, except for there was a was row like, of 10 so of us as gay men, and then the two rows or one row, row in front of us. I was like, they're so game. loud, and they're just making like stupid commentary. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was actually coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Uh, this is dumb. I was like, they need to shut up. Oh, sorry, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> where, but like the, besides Peter Quill, where would you guys like to see the team, Rocket's team, Rocket Groot, Adam Warlock? I mean, the. I feel like they won't show up. Marvels won't have it, and I'm like, what other space stuff is coming up? I think they come up with a... some sort of like annihilation movie or something like that. They show up as just a oh team. Nova. I bet there'll be a Nova. Could be. Yeah, yeah. that's a TV show uh, or a movie. They're, I remember. They're, it's theorized to be a uh, movie. Could do it. Which yeah. I mean, they need a. Budget he could be for part Nova. of Guardians too. I think that actually a, would be. They great. need to have humanoid human humans one and the team is like 95 percent just kind of monsters now cgi which is my favorite <laughs> i love it don't I, reboot it though don't go don't do have Guardians them be side yeah again. like give it a breath they don't need a movie a little bit. well that that's <laughs> a good segue to my next question since james gunn is now going to the other side of the street so to speak with dc Dark who side. would be your I- ideal writer director for these characters moving forward I'd like an Edgar. I mean, I know that he's never coming back to the MCU, but I think he would. Edgar Wright would do well with a Guardians type movie. I think it's an unknown that we don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's just a very. It has to have the humor. I think that's such an integral part of Guardians. But another. Take so Taika Waititi is what you're saying. <laughs> no, <my laughs> no. let him rest as well for yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, so Sam Raimi, that's what you're saying. <laughs> I here's a this will never happen. It's very uh, left field choice, but Wes Anderson would be a really weird, <laughs> weird, at some weird point, choice. I would love a Wes. Anderson I don't want it for MC the Guardians, movie. but yeah. I want it for something. There was a Wes Anderson uh, trailer fil- trailer before, yeah. And uh, the person I was sitting next to was like, "What is this?" I was like, "It's clearly a Wes Anderson." Yeah, like what? <laughs> you mean yes? Uh, yeah, our our good friend. Yeah, yes, I, yeah. I, Within I, two seconds, Kalen's like, "I gotta see that fucking movie." Yeah, yeah. but that that was also before Polite Society. Yeah. Idea. I was like, I'm seeing this. Yeah, <laughs> Wes Anderson would be good for like a, like a Hellcat character, like a quirky, yeah. weird character. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Some street level, I think, is yeah, where Wes Anderson qu- needs to street play. Street level quirky character. Movie? Sure. The space. Oh, girl, it's still a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Not like the place that's made place like entirely in the desert. It's still this is my framed, fantasy. Okay, it's still framed exactly oh, like a Wes Jesus Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't you want a Quentin Tarantino Guardians of the Galaxy? No. Just fucking shit up. Okay, no. send that foot sucker to, <laughs> to six feet under. <laughs> we just start getting on Rocket's feet the entire time. <laughs> Brad- Bradley Cooper's like, I'm not going to be in the movie. It's in. C- it's going to be green screen. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. It would just <laughs> be feet walking without anything else. Ill. He's the anti-Rob Layfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, special bonus content. We read and reviewed the first issue of Guardians of the Galaxy, which came out a few weeks ago. It's by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lan- uh, Lansing as the artist and Ke- as the writers, excuse me, and Kevin Wa- uh, Kev Walker as the artist. So we'll, we want to chat about this comic. Uh, quick, quick plot synopsis. Uh, the Guardians are doing their best future Western cosplay 
on a planet that's been infested by Groot. Clark, I'm going to start with you. You've been a fan of the Guardians for years. Yeah. How does this first issue compare with the opening salvos of some of the best runs, including the ones by uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, Donnie Cates, and, of course, Al Ewing? Yes. Um, I mean, this is the most DNA um, Annihilation Conquest of this entire team. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, I loved it. It's fantastic. I like the characters. Mantis is still the wrong voice yeah she was never like this until the movie yeah created her. Uh, and i love the character in the movie it does not translate well to the comics she just seems like some sort of dancing idiot here yeah um i i enjoy drax being drax again and not the movie version drax yeah yeah uh it, it's a good it's a good start it's got its own vibe too and i think sometimes they struggle with guardians to make sure it's got its own signature voice especially when they do a reboot yeah but this one um i'm enjoying it the stakes are so high so and power- so dark and wild it's very interesting it's super interesting and the Groot art is in really theory so powerful yeah. too absolutely it's which like makes sense to like well it's like down this route it's like when they when writers like really like show how powerful Iceman is like he's played for like as a joke right. character for so long mm-hmm. that you're like oh no the man's a fucking omega level any mutant. elemental character for sure well, yeah so Adam I'll ask you this um, you're probably the least uh, uh, immersed in the comics of Guardians except for the last couple of runs yeah how did the characterization of the comics resonate with you you know versus like what we just watched in the movie yeah I mean I I'll be honest like I didn't really. I enjoy where this is going, but I want to see more of it. I really just liked so much the runs that we were reading on the show um, during our podcast that I was like, I loved those characters more. I do like Drax coming back to, because that's how I met Drax being an actual, like not a crazy one, mm-hmm. you know, one or two sentence person. So I like that. I also agree that I, what's funny is I read the only time I really knew guardians was through annihilation stuff. So like yeah. mm-hmm. all of those characterizations are, and I had to get over that too, obviously like, to a lesser extent than you. Cause it was like, Oh, I read these comics. I really like those characters. These characters are different. I actually don't like uh, a lot of the, I don't want the guardian characters from the movies to kind of bleed too much into yeah. the comic book versions. I think which is what Bendis really did. Yeah. Well, Bendis actually did it before the movie even came out. It was almost like there were the proto templates for what yeah. he knew what the movie, movie was. was ruined for years. Yes. Absolutely. Agreed. And it's funny is like when the Abnett Lanning version came out with Annihilation Conquest, I had to get around the fact that, oh, the Guardians were these, this team set a thousand years into the future yeah. with like the 90s right. comic. Yeah. And so, and I read like some of the Jim Valentino stuff and like really enjoyed it. It doesn't really hold up that well, but I enjoyed it at the time. Uh, and so I had to like, oh, this is a, you know, 21st century based team now, mm-hmm. you know, and they're a bunch of different characters. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think the, this was a very strong first issue and hopefully the series continues strong as well. So also um, the outfits in the movie itself were a callback to that yes. great run. So I, ah, lo- I love that specifically. Yeah. I Except love- for those boots weren't shown in this movie. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes, that's true. Anything else on Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie or even the comic? I, as ya. always, we like to wrap up with a little something we call "Who's That Gentora." <laughs> um, I was hoping. So I'm gonna ask you guys. Um, we know Gentora rocketed to fame in uh, the last Ant-Man movie. I see what Who you did there. Is the Gentora of the movie of the movie? It's either Warpig or the character that Mateo played for me. For me, it's Warpig, I think. Judy Greer's killing it. Too bad her head got ripped Don't worry, off. I got him. I'm I back got him. Okay, so when you say who is the Gentora, because you didn't like Gentora, but now you like her. But because, now I love her. Okay. Um, no, a Gentora. 
Thank you for asking. A Gentora is someone who has a big part in the movie. You're not really sure why, um, but leaves a lasting impression. And maybe you feel a little weird about her. You know, Adam Warlock Sexually might be the Gentora. Sexually, he's yeah. way too important for the. No, I think he's the main character. Be so it would have to be uh, War Pig. War Pig's the right. It's not War It's War Pig for this reason. Yeah. I'll tell you because she still has. I'm saying War Pig says she um, has a big uh, role in it. She is the one that captures. I think she has a larger role. Gentora, obviously, maybe a second, third tier character. Flora, I, Flora had some good uh, Gentora energy. Okay, you, I like that. You need a character that's only in like maybe fifteen minutes of a movie. Then uh, Adam, Adam Warlock oh. was too important. In that yeah, he's okay. Then maybe it's that stupid little creature that was one of the Ravagers that got like burned by Mother. Oh, that's the part we didn't mention. The fact that Adam yeah. Warlock just basically burns that basically burns some man to a crisp. Yes, I, I loved it. So and then his up. controller, uh, the 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 what you call the communicator, still was like, "Oh yeah, it's actually ringing." <laughs> Warpig is the right answer, but in my heart, it's the monkey that rips that woman's face apart. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of gentors in this. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we are a gentora podcast, so uh, for us, you can find us on Homo Superior X on Twitter or Homo Superior Podcast on Instagram. Uh, this has been an extra issue, a review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We all loved it, or most of it, I should say. Uh, go it's a see B it. for me. It's a B for you? Uh, it's a tiger for me. <laughs> it's a war. It's a war <laughs> pig for you. It's a war pig for you. It's a raccoon for me. All right. Uh, bye, little homos. Bye. bye.